Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Old Souls and Seekers show. I'm really excited today. I was kind of hoping that Guy would be here with us, uh, but he is actually traveling today. Um, But it's a very, very special guest um, who I'm very, very excited to hear more about her story and what she's up to today. Before we go into that, I just want to welcome Suzanne Giesman to the show. Thanks, Elon. It's just wonderful to share my passion with other kindred spirits. So thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we kind of go down whatever rabbit hole we end up going down today, um, I would love for you just to share a little bit about your life story because it's fascinating in whatever way, you know, you probably say it differently every time, but um, just so people get a sense of who you are and how you got to be here today. All right, great. Had a very normal upbringing in a functional family, middle-class upbringing with no religion. Uh, Went to college and right out of college was commissioned an officer in the Navy. I spent 20 years in the Navy, got to live every officer's goal of being a commanding officer. And then a few really great assignments as a special assistant to the head of the Navy, and then asked by the head of the US military, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to be his aide. So that was just the greatest honor of all, flying on Air Force One with the president, sitting in on top secret meetings on Capitol Hill, meeting kings and queens, flying around the world. That was my life, so it was incredibly, Uh, awesome, fun, and interesting, and stressful, but uh, a great, great honor. I was the chairman's aide on 9-11. We were in the last aircraft in U.S. airspace when we got the word about the attacks on New York and on our office building that we had left a few hours earlier. So we turned around and came back. I saw both sites. We flew right over Manhattan with my own eyes and went back to our burning office building. And that was the start of my spiritual path. I tried going down the standard religious path to try to get answers to why some people were in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it just didn't uh, do it for me. So I just set that aside. I retired with 20 years to the day as a, with the rank of commander, 
20 years to the day in military service. And my husband and I said, let's go live our dream. So we sold our house, sold our cars and went off sailing into the sunset, literally, literally. sailed east, uh, crossed the Atlantic Ocean. We were out cruising for a couple years and life was pretty idyllic. I did a really good job of running away from all of the, the events of 9-11 until life caught up with us. I say that you, you're here, we're all here to, to learn the truth of who we really are as souls. And I hadn't learned that yet. And so it was the death of my stepdaughter, Susan, a sergeant in the Marine Corps. We got the call when we were in Croatia on our boat and had to fly back to the U.S. for exactly the kind of thing that I had run away from, death and tragedy and grief. And now it's confronting us. So what do you do now? You can't run away from that. So uh, I think the most life-changing moment for me was looking at Susan's body at her funeral and saying, wait a minute, that's not her. There was something that animated this body. This body is just a vessel. So where's her spirit? And we can really cut this short right here and now and say that today I talk to spirits. I am a medium, uh, have a four-year waiting list, so I guess I do it pretty well. And uh, I'm very honored to do it well because it was a reading with a medium that changed our lives and showed us that Susan isn't gone. She's still right here. So that's my main message for everybody today, that life goes on. Yeah. I uh, Before we talk about the mediumship stuff, uh, because I know the grieving process for people, uh, death is such a difficult thing to go through, uh, given what you've been through and how you help others around that. Um, how did you deal with your stepdaughter's death and huh. through through the time like how have you healed those parts of you well i learned in the navy suck it up that's the navy phrase and it doesn't work real well and it comes out in other ways whatever you hold down is like a lid on a boiling pot and so when i found out that there is a greater reality and found out that any of us can connect with higher aspects of consciousness, my new mission became, all right, so how do I do that? How do I connect with Susan and then connect with others? And I found out that the way we do it is by healing those parts in us that block the flow of consciousness that makes that possible. So I've studied the scientific aspects, the quantum physics, and I've studied the spiritual aspects and just gone completely down all those rabbit holes, Elon. Yeah. And the, this, the results are incredibly satisfying and life-changing. So it's, it's just awesome to share that with others. Mediumship really is the side thing for me. For me, it's teaching, showing other people how to connect. What is it you're seeking? How do you find that? I just love opening people to the fact that they can do this themselves. Yeah, that's beautiful. So in... <clears throat> there's this phrase that a lot of people say, right? Like when they lose someone, whether it's in a relationship or to death, um, it's this phrase we all say, my heart is broken, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I've recognized through doing my own personal work that, you know, when we say something's broken, like if, if your phone is broken, that means you cannot use this phone. It, it's just not operational. Um, and it's a misnomer, I think, because when we actually say our heart is broken, really what's happening is it, it's blasted open. Like we feel 
everything. We feel depths of pain and sadness and grief and anger and frustration that we normally kind of like in the suck it up world, like we just cap and bottle up. Um, what's been your experience personally and with others around kind of healing that heart aspect or dealing yeah. with? Because I think it's when death happens as uncomfortable as it is, I actually find it to be the most, we're like the closest to touch and heal those parts is, is what I've noticed. I'm just curious from, from your perspective. What I've found is that what we call a broken heart is also love. And when we're in the depths of grief, really just the phrase, that's love, transmutes that moment into one where you say, well, how can that be? This is pain. But that grief actually is the catalyst to find something more. And that's what being a medium has shown me. There is more. When you don't know that there is a greater reality that we're part of, that broken heart means I'm torn in half and I'm stuck. There's nothing more. But that was one field with you and the one you loved who's passed, you created. And when they're no longer here physically, you feel like that's missing. But when you find out that they still exist at a greater reality and you're part of that wholeness as well, it's like nested dolls. There are fields within fields and you can find that that being that loving person who you know in a different form now so that pain is truly a catalyst it's just the way it works yeah it's almost like you you said it it's it's that moment of seeing uh your daughter's body and realizing, like having that moment of realization, as painful as that is, is a catalyst that kind of sets you up on this this whole uh, world that you're on right now. When you, most people who are in the military are very mind-driven, very linear. It's very kind of like results-based and- and You think? Yes, right? <laughs> so it's like, and especially your position and where you were, I mean, you excelled at that world. The world that you're in right now is almost the polar opposite, where it's like, mind need not apply. And it's it's more in the energetics and the feeling like, how is that transition for you? Because I know oh. even for me, it was very difficult. It has been challenging. But Truly feeling that what the world I work in now is totally at the opposite side actually denigrates the left brain side. It, in fact, the message I got in meditation this morning from my guides was all about how important balance is. So we really honor the, the thinking side of us, the, the, the side that can put things in order, but balance it beautifully with the compassion, the nurturing, the flowing, the intuitive side. And you've got the perfect setup here for operating in this human world. So balance is really the key. But I was way off balance, totally to the left brain side. And I have not gone fully to the right brain side. And I'm glad I would just float away. I know that my husband, who's a retired a Navy destroyer captain who is so left brain is my anchor. I would float away sometimes if it weren't for him. So that's a gift. But uh, even mediums, when doing a reading, you still need the left brain side to communicate with your sitter, the client. So the balance is the key. How are you? How are you finding balance in in those worlds? 
I meditate in the morning, then I go for a mountain bike ride. I talk to my guides and then I talk to my husband about the news. It's a constant walk in that balance beam. <laughs> I find it's very interesting. You know, we, we coach people and the ones who are the most linear mind doer mentality, like that masculine get stuff done. When you start to bring in that world of the feminine, the allowing, the receiving, the sitting and waiting, it's so challenging in the beginning because this thing that has produced every result for you in your life and you've got down as like a, and now you're saying, okay, well, put a pause on that and let's practice here, which is slow and moves at this completely different pace. And the mind's like, but why are we doing this? We could just go do this and it would be so much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be how it was in the beginning, but it's really interesting, Elon, that uh, when I got out of the Navy, after sailing around for a few years, after Susan died, I did some work in strategic planning for companies. It was really funny because I would say, I can help you with the planning, but when it comes to profit and loss, I'm not really good at that because I work for an organization where profit really didn't matter. <laughs> we don't worry about money, but, it was still that left brain side. And so I was all about planning and goal setting and strategies and how I, that's where I see the biggest change in me. I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have a one-year plan. I am so guided these days by spirit. I so completely trust the higher consciousness that has the bigger picture that it's, it's freedom. I just finished leading a four-day retreat where I am now in Missouri. And instead of in the past where I would have had every minute planned, I had a rough outline. And let's see, Friday night I went to bed and looked at the outline, which I thought was ready. And I looked and I said, my God, that's not even half an hour of material to talk yep. about here. What am I gonna do? And I heard, don't you trust us? And I said, implicitly, and they said, go to bed. I said, I need a full night's sleep. They said, don't worry. 5.30, I was awakened and got these downloads for what would fill the rest of the time, walked into this room full of 80 people, and it just flowed more beautifully than anything this one could have planned. That's the miracle of being guided, flowing, trusting. And if, if everybody listening can envision that, even if you're not ready to do it yet, just letting go of the need to control and let yourself be guided. That's when the real miracles happen. Yeah, it's so funny. I was just, I, I told you, I just completed a, a call with our group and we were just talking about that when it comes to money and abundance mm -hmm. and that ability to fully trust in that thing that is always here supporting us and always has been. It's so interesting. I talked to so many people. I'm like, you know that moment where you think the plane is gonna crash. Like it just, you just, you're like, you can see ground and it's over. You're like, that's it, we're done, it's over. And then something always just comes and swoops and you're like, oh my God. And every person has had that experience, but the ability to let go and trust into that. Even for me, the things that I was not able to trust and release and let go into five years ago today, I'd be like, are you kidding me? That's so easy. Yeah. And I keep finding new levels where it still feels shaky. And kind of like you said, with the course, it's like, no, but I need this. And it's that moment. It's like, just let go. We got That's this. Right. 
But, you know, it's, there's one thing for us to say trust. And if somebody's new to this path of this way of living, they say, yeah, everybody says that. But what's beautiful about what I'm blessed to be able to share with people is I could give you a week's worth of examples of how the universe comes through. So I've, I have that personal experience and I love to teach people how to get that connection with higher consciousness so that it's a personal two-way communication with this knowing consciousness that is guiding us. They're not yeah. just words. It is a sentient, creative, humorous, intelligent, awareness that is guiding us yeah how do you so you're obviously walking people through this process and and for a lot of people i find today right the personal development has done amazing work for people and at the same time i think it's trapped a lot of people in our mind where when we start to talk about some of this more ethereal stuff uh it's still shaky for people, right? I feel like this is something that's, it's getting more out there. Uh, and I think it's becoming more accepted. When you're working with people, and, and they're kind of still in that mindset world wanting, you know, result based kind of that whole world. Uh, and then we bring them into this space, which is okay, like, pause, breathe, <laughs> meditate receive and they're like but duh, 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 but i need this formula duh, duh, duh. You know, like they go into that whole thing yeah. um how are you bringing people through that bridge well that is because the bridge is the key to not just put aside the human side and the way i do it is with some teaching that was given to me from across the veil in my book wolf's message the message from this young man whose nickname was wolf across the veil is three key points about who we are and how we get through this world. And I've encapsulated that in what I call the awakened way, the awakened way of living. It's all at theawakenedway.org, but it's all about recognizing that we are both souls and humans. We are one expression of consciousness, but in various forms. Mm -hmm. And we're all part of one big web, that's number two, and that you can connect with that web you always are through the heart not the thinking side so how do you do that that's what all of my teaching is about so it honors the human side but shows you there's more than the human side that makes up the wholeness and then once you at least understand that getting to experience that is the goal there's just all kinds of tools we can use to live that way yeah it's uh i saw an amazing uh disney created movie uh, maybe like two weeks ago that i'd never seen and it was all about it was a short it was like a seven minute six minute video about this man who's living his life and it it basically shows the mind and then the heart and mm. you know he's like walking down the street and he sees this really beautiful woman and the heart's like let's go here and then the brain jimes and goes he fast forwards and sees, okay, he's going to buy these glasses. She's going to look at me. She's going to laugh. Huh. I'm going to end up running. I'm going to fall into the water. A shark's going to eat me. And then we die. And it's just like everything that the heart wants, the brain sees as like death at the yeah. end. Yeah. It, and then it's, you know, that connection of kind of like you said before, it's not this or that it's this and that and yeah. creating 
where there is that connection between the mind and the heart, where the mind's doing what the mind wants to do and the heart is honoring what the heart wants to do. And it's that balance, kind of like you were talking about before, that allows people to leave. I think a lot of people try to kill this off somehow, like they're trying to find some strategy to get rid of this so they could be this. Yeah, and I see you shaking your head. So Yeah. yeah, I'd love for you to say more about that. But just a teaching that I gave that was brand new at this retreat I mentioned is the guides showed me that when you're truly present, that's when the heart is in the forefront and you can you can tap straight into the insights from your higher self when you're present. But what you were just giving an example of is what the guides have called the past future do loop that we get into. Oh, this happened in the past with girls. I was, you know thrown aside and thrown under the bus. And so this will happen. That's the past. So I know it's going to happen again. That's the future. And we just don't get anywhere. But if you just pay attention to what the heart is saying here and now, then you just vault right out of that, that little whirlpool that the mind is stuck in right from the center. That's where the peace is, right? Yeah. It feels like um, the way I describe it, it's this, it's almost like this, string that pulls you from the center, at least for me, from the center of my heart. And it's a gentle pull. It's not the mind I had always found because I was, my whole story growing up was I was a loser. So like my whole world became about winning and, you know, achieving. But that all felt very pressure and push based. It was like, I had to. So that pulling that you're talking about, that is the soul. That's the nudging of the soul. That never goes away. No matter who you are, there's this longing for connection, for shining your light, and it has nothing to do with the ego. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the part that I think for me and even the teachings that we do, it's like allowing people to first sense, get a sense of that because we're so locked in and living in here all the time to just feel that other part of us and honor that we have this other part of us and then that journey of learning like you said to trust and create that balance with the two of those uh yeah it really is profound and there's there's a a beauty that we get to learn i think in that letting go and in the trusting and i'm sure through the years you just it just gets richer and juicier every every day and that's what i teach my students of mediumship it just keeps getting better the readings become more clear the evidence we haven't talked about that yet but that's what i love about mediumship and the kind that i teach is we're not satisfied unless we get verifiable evidence from those across the veil that this communication is real and real time and so the evidence shows us that this is this communication really is happening. We really are part of something greater and makes all the difference in the world. Would you say that the practice of mediumship uh, enhances, like even if someone wasn't interested to, to do it as a profession, for example, but what's kind of coming through for me right now is like, oh, this practice of mediumship is this instant feedback loop oh. of, yeah. um, real like real result feedback where it opens you up to trust this higher source and power that's what it's all about i lead monthly mentoring webinars for anybody online and 
every month I have two hours of fresh material from the spirit world. And because I'm doing back-to-back -back retreats, I wasn't going to do any readings this week. And I just thought this morning, wow, I have to do readings because that's what gives me the real-time, up-to-date, latest and greatest wows that validate and back up all of this that we're sharing here, all the teaching that I do. There is never a lack of things to share when we tune in regularly. So mediumship is, is it's the, it gives the meat to all of this. Yeah. It's interesting because when we, when I started to do the energetics and, you know, gifts came online of being able to track people's systems and connect energetically to people, I, this, this part, was just so alive and judged and questioned and was like, there's no way this is real. You are making this up. There is like, and it's in that feedback that I would be able to sit with someone and be like, is this your experience? Like, are you actually feeling this? That through that repetition, that part would just kind of calm down and go, oh man, this is real. And I was like, and so hopefully now you don't ask the question because I always slap my students' hands, you know, no asking questions. State what you're feeling, state what you know. So this is your system and this is how you're feeling. And then you honor the higher consciousness that has been knocking on your head saying, listen, trust. Yes. And so the less you ask questions, the more you're you're displaying that trust. Yeah. And it's that that back and forth. It's like the more you trust, the more clarity comes through and the That's more right. it comes through. Wow, that's so cool. I never, I never thought of mediumship in that way. Um, that's, that's really brilliant because it really does allow you to connect to this through the veil, other worlds and fields and things like that and actually get on the court feedback. That's, that's amazing. I never thought of that before. Um, when you're now, obviously, like we're in a very different world. Uh, people are on Zoom, and I'm sure you're doing these these sessions on Zoom. Um, has that actually? I don't. Change is not the right word. Has it evolved your abilities? And it has not evolved my abilities. It is. It has certainly expanded the reach that I'm able. I'm reaching more people all around the world now, and that's lovely. And it's, so it's bringing more people in who might not have had the opportunity to get this direct teaching. But I have to tell you, this retreat that we just did was in person, the first in person event in a year and a half. And the thing I just had forgotten is it's lovely to see all these faces on a Zoom meeting, but to be in a room with 80 people laughing to hear all the laughter at once see all those faces at once and feel that joy was such a high for everybody present that sense of connection is what all of us not just those of us in that room have been missing and and i feel that this past year has been a beautiful opportunity for us to now remember what's important yeah yeah i'm actually leaving tomorrow I've been in a two-year program and we've we've met once in person and tomorrow mm -hmm. I leave to go be with that group again and it's just all uh, of us are so giddy with excitement it's like I in yeah. a weird way I'm getting on a I'm going to the airport tomorrow I'm getting on a plane like it feels naughty it feels like I'm doing something wrong somehow <laughs> 
Well, I had said to everybody, I even sent out an email, we can greet like this, you know, with a little hug like this or like this, but we'll just be cautious. I have to tell you within 10 seconds, not just me, it just went out the door. Yeah. And I said, look, we are divinely protected. And I know for a fact, Elon, if it's your time, it's your time. Yes. And I've learned that from people in a coma, from thousands of souls across the veil. So if we're filled with fear about dying, it's a waste of time. So the, the, the connection is innate. We are meant to connect with others. So boy, you're gonna have an awesome time. Uh, yeah, like just talking about it gives me chills. I love what you just said when it's your time, it's your time. I was actually talking to my mom um, and not to go like the political route or anything like that, but with the vaccine and everything. And we were both like, this is not, it's just not the way I'm going to go. Like that's, that's, Either, that's whichever way you go, just follow your heart. That's it. And so it may it really could go, even that could go either way. If you're called to get the vaccine, maybe it's because you need it. Cause it's, it, you know, you can really yeah. go like this and, and examine it, but just whatever choice you make either way, do it with no fear, knowing that you're guided. If you'd make a decision out of fear, then that's not guided. Yeah. So, so say more to that because a question that we get asked a bunch, and I'd love to hear your uh, take on it, is a lot of times when people start down this path, they don't quite distinguish between the two voices, right? Like they're not mm -hmm. quite clear. Sometimes they're like, well, is that my ego telling me to go or not do that thing? Is uh -huh. that my soul telling me to not go do that thing? It's I'd very simple. Hear, yeah. It's very simple. It doesn't matter. The question is, is it helpful and healing? Hmm. If you can be relaxed and know, know in your heart, this choice is being made for the greater good with peace. No matter what happens, I'm okay with this because it feels right. It feels helpful. I know it will be healing. Then what does it matter where it comes from? Ultimately, ego and higher self are still part of your wholeness. I love that. Helpful and healing. Yeah, that's brilliant. When you're um, working with people one-on-one -on -one in the mediumship uh, space, are people coming to you because they're grieving, kind of like where you were at? Um, why do people seek out your services? Definitely, that's the majority of the people. They really, many are desperate to know if that their loved ones are still part of their lives. And it's the most beautiful thing when their jaw drops and their eyes open and they start sobbing because you cannot deny this is their loved one. That's what happened to us. That was what was so life changing. It rocked my world to find out Susan was right there in that room. But we also have sitters, of course, who who know already their loved ones are here, but a medium has a bit of a more clear connection than most people do in normal waking consciousness. And so it's just great to have sit down and talk to the family for a little while. Others just curious. Some people think mediums are all about psychic work and they want guidance and instruction. That's more psych psychic, but uh, it's, the, it's the whole gamut, but the most satisfying are those where either the sitter, the client, or those on the other side have an apology to make or a big thank you to give. You wow. get to take care of unfinished business. But let me just say, you do not need a medium to take care of that. Anytime we think of and or talk to any loved one in spirit, they know it. 
they hear it. So whatever it is that wasn't said, say it any time from the heart and absolutely know it's been received. You do not have to have been present when someone passed. So many people come to me so upset because I wasn't there when they died. I didn't get to say goodbye. We don't have to say goodbye. And almost every reading I give, they show a current event going on with their loved one to show they know what's going on in their lives right now. Simple things like you're carrying buckets of rocks around your yard, your loved one says. Well, my gosh, the rocks were just delivered. We're making a rock garden at the house. Well, see, they know about that. So don't ever feel that anything you didn't say can never be said again or not till you get across the veil. It's, this is real time. They are right here. Yeah. In your, um, so you have a documentary uh, about, about your story and um, there's a beautiful part there about the, the signals that we get, you know, that, that the people that have passed or gone to this other space uh, are there. Um, I feel like that's very comforting. I know it was very comforting for you. You were talking about it and it took a while to kind of get it and, and, I actually honor it. Um, when you're working with people um, who don't have maybe that outlook or maybe are more cynical, like how does one <laughs> connect to that? Well, it's the awareness of how consciousness as each of us lets itself be known through signs from across the veil. So because it's very challenging for those across the veil to put thoughts in our head that we notice, they will use the consciousness of birds and insects and soaring birds. They will, they will mess with electronics. They will grab our attention and make us pay attention to certain lyrics on the radio, all kinds of signs that they need to be remarkable and timely to be meaningful. Just seeing a butterfly, Sure. is not a sign but when a butterfly does something really specific like you're on your way to your sister's wedding you open the door and a butterfly flies in the car and sits on the dash and won't leave on her wedding day that's kind of important lets you know hey i guess mom's going to come to the wedding too she's oh. not the butterfly she is guiding the butterfly with consciousness can i tell my favorite story absolutely <laughs> this was i had a skeptical client and i said your son across the veil is showing me that he sends you owls as a sign she said no i'm not aware of any of them so i checked with him and i said absolutely i know he's here and maybe you just haven't noticed but he says watch for the owls and elon she wrote back to me beside herself a week later she opened the front door of her house and an owl flew in the front door, flew up the stairs straight to her son's bedroom where it remained stuck for an hour until they gently shooed it back out of the house with a broom. Whew. You can't wow. make this stuff up. <laughs> wow. I remember when I read, I don't remember if it was Journey of Souls or Destiny of Souls, where Michael they kind of start talking about that, how they stick around and send these messages. I, um, I've been very, very fortunate uh, in my life so far. And the only person uh, that I lost, I actually was, so I had a step-grandfather. Um, he was my grandfather. I didn't know 
my original one because my uh, grandma had gotten remarried just when I was born. So, but he was so different than everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. and he, he shaped a lot of the ways that I am today. And I, I didn't know it at the time. You know, like I, I lived in a family that was uh, Russian Jews and it was just very like, people were always telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of that world. And he, I'll never forget. It, did, it didn't matter what I asked him. He always asked me this question goes, does it make you happy? Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize till much, much later in life, like how much he impacted the way that I live today. And I've seen him in meditations and ayahuasca ceremonies while I'm driving. I have conversations with him. Like it's excellent. He feels so a part of me. I remember like, well, guess what you said when you said maybe they hang around a little while, it's not a matter of time for them. And it's not that they're stuck. That's such a huge, huge point I want to make. He's around you because he's guiding you still always has been. He likes being around you. It's helpful and healing. And it's not keeping him from anything else. He is an aspect of consciousness, just like you are. And for the joy of it, you're still in connection. Yeah, no, it feels. Yeah, it just I just have always felt him with me. Um, on the question of, of reincarnation and, and how souls circle back and end up being, you know, a, a child in the family of, of a loved one or something that died. Um, what, what can you share about that? A very helpful analogy is to not think of the soul of, for example, your grandfather as only your grandfather. Think of the soul as much greater. It's spirit, it's consciousness expressing itself through multiple forms. And it doesn't have to be one linear lifetime after another. It's really more like the soul has this is a deck of cards and it has deals one hand out to get to experience life with these certain characteristics and traits and challenges and opportunities. And that's your grandfather. And maybe the soul linear or not before or after, I don't know. I'll figure find out when I get across the veil, who's going to deal on these with these traits. When your grandfather passes, that soul can choose to continue the story of your grandfather interacting with you because it allows more light in this world and or it could just just become a part mixing with that soul energy but when you cross or when you need your grandfather there he is again because the soul is eternal and the soul from from what i'm hearing you say is like it can actually be that and that and that it can it can be all of those things yeah that's right that's amazing um as a teacher so not just as the guide on the, on the teacher side, are you helping people become mediums themselves? Oh, yes. Yeah, I've been doing that for years and have really, really great success, especially with those who had no idea they had this ability because that would have been me a dozen years ago. And so there's this misperception. You have to have been seeing spirits your whole life. You have to be born medium. We're all souls. And that's how we connect soul to soul. So once you know that, once you understand what makes the connection possible, and that's what I teach, there are actually systems, see the left brain, that yep. you can use to connect. And then then you learn how to bring the right brain into it, and it's tremendous. Then you 
learn how to shift and the spirit world will cooperate amazingly because they want to be heard. They need more mouthpieces here until more people open up themselves. That's amazing. So that process, like when we're say, so I've never done any of that, right? I obviously I meditate, I, I feel that world, but it's never been that specific. And I've kind of, I've had a lot of channels that that I've worked with and people that we've even had on the show. And I, and I'm always like, I'd really love to do that. Like, I want to connect to this specific being that yeah. it and I just have this ongoing kind of conversation with like, what's happening today, you know? Um, what is that process like a learned process that you teach people? Absolutely. But see, you're, you're already primed. You, you already talked to your grandfather. So you have the main key there, the belief that it's possible, uh, the trust that he really is here and hears mm -hmm. you when you talk to him. And so when he drops in on you, you're communicating with him as if it's no big deal. When you can have that attitude and know that if a spirit, a loved one of somebody that comes to sit with you finds benefit in coming through, they're going to be there just like your grandfather. They need you. And so you just learn how to deal with the human side and all those thoughts and fears and doubts. You deal with that. And then you just learn some processes to tap into them. There are very few rituals. It's something you just can do like that once you learn how. You mentioned a lot uh, while we were talking of your meditation practice. Um, I'm sure it's evolved through the years and such. Um, do you have a certain process that you meditate? Are there certain things that you ask for or do or work on? I absolutely have a process. And in fact, it's helped tens of thousands of people to connect. I call it the bless me method. And you can find it on YouTube, seven steps to higher consciousness, Google my name and those words. And it's terrific because most people's minds wander. And this one takes you through this very simple process of using that acronym bless me to get you in a perfect expanded state for connecting and but it's also very loose that's why i like it that balance again it's not rigid yet it keeps the mind from wandering so if that's too linear and left brain for people i also have another very short process that just went online and people are loving it called sip of the divine and that stands for sit in peace you mm -hmm. just sit in peace for three minutes a day three minutes and ask a very specific question. And I show you in a short video how to deal with the thoughts that come in. And once you start doing that for three minutes a day and who can't carve out that short little period, you start having that daily connection, enjoying that connection and getting answers that are helpful, then maybe that three minutes will turn into five or eight or 10. It's not quantity, it's quality. My meditations every day are sacred. And they usually go from eight minutes to 28. This morning was like 35 minutes. I can tell because my music ran out. <laughs> but yep. the teaching was phenomenal. And, it, and it's, I mean, who wouldn't want to have this readily available answers to your questions with just the right teaching tailored for you every day? And we do but most people don't know how to access it. So it's my honor to share methods that work. Oh, yeah. uh, that's brilliant. And we'll definitely get those links up in the show notes. I, um, it took me a while, I think, also to realize that different people receive messages 
differently. Oh yeah. And I was trying to contort myself to receive messages the way that maybe my coach does or my brother does or a mentor does. And all the while blocking the way that I was actually receiving messages and honoring that I was receiving these beautiful messages, just not that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm sure in mediumship, you know, people can also kind of judge themselves to, I'm not doing this right, or it's supposed to be like this or like that. So again, the bottom line is you came to help somebody. They had a certain intention. Did you meet their intention or at least was it helpful and healing to them? Mm. I get really clear auditory, visual, knowing, feeling, evidence and messages. I have another uh, former student who's working as a medium. She pulls out a book. She says, what do I need to know? She has, she'll just grab whatever book she's guided to open it up. And the message is there. It's just a different way of working, but it works for her. So I love that. That's really neat. Helping people to honor whatever way spirit works through them. Yeah. Um, What's during this whole, you know, you, you had mentioned that the, the pandemic was actually really great for you. Um, I know that it was challenging for a lot of people on, on planet earth at this time. Uh, were there any messages that you received about what was happening, where it's going? Truly no different than all the other spiritual teachers that I heard that it, it was an opportunity. Everything that makes us suffer is a, is an opportunity to look for why am I suffering and as we mentioned earlier, showing us how important connection is. It gave people an opportunity to be alone when people don't like that so much. And what do we learn from that? Yeah, one of the ladies at my workshop said, my husband's not going to recognize me when I go home because I'm smiling and I'm laughing again. And I was so crabby and irritable. Wow, that feels to me like a wasted year. Anytime we're crabby or irritable or not aligned with our true nature, you can learn to catch that in awareness and ask beyond yourself, higher consciousness, what is causing this upset in me? I don't like this feeling. It's not allowing me to shine my light. What do I need to know right now? Mm, I love that. Yeah, it definitely takes a, a certain level of awareness to realize that something is happening for you not to you and to also realize like I have a choice in this and that it's highlighting something for me. The, the thing I love to stress to people is point of view is everything. Are you seeing from within the story of you? If you think all there is is the story of me, then you're going to suffer. There is also the greater aspect of you. That's the soul, higher consciousness. And so we suffer within the story. Once you learn, you can actually shift points of view, access higher guidance, that changes everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm going through this uh, course right now and the module that, we're, it's interesting, like we're, we're going through this two-year process together and it there's an interconnectedness between us and we go through these different modules and each one kind of highlights a a different pattern, I guess, that, that we run as humans. And certain people are just more activated by different patterns because we have these traumas. And the one that we've been going into is like right in my my pattern. Yeah. And it's been so challenging to be at the impact of it. 
there's like, um, they call it the rigid pattern. It's just very, just kind of like <laughs> that, you know, like a rigid defense that we kind of run. And it's so interesting to notice how the body will just kind of do things to shut it down, not allow yourself to feel, uh, hide things from you, uh, make you tired. And but like, you're aware of that. And that's, I am, yeah. I am. That's what I'm saying. Like it takes, you know, usually even two years ago, I would have been in a situation like that and I would have reached for caffeine or I would have thought there was something wrong with my diet or, you know, like, from that level of awareness, mm -hmm. being in a level of awareness where I'm witnessing from awareness the gift of being tired and then noticing the part, for example, that wants to run and achieve. And it's not okay to be tired. And it's not okay to just sit here and maybe go take a nap or take a break or like my construct of, of not allowing. So it's it takes something, I think, to like raise your level of awareness to be witness to these things that were happening for a lot of people. They just, I think COVID was a highlighter. It like, yeah, and that's why that's the gift in it because most of the times we do get stuck in the feel bad, find something to make you feel better. And it's usually <laughs> sex, drugs and rock and roll. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And uh, so with COVID, we couldn't run away from it. That's why I say that Susan's death was the major wake-up call. It could no longer run away. So it takes a wake-up call like COVID, and that was on a massive level for us to say there has to be something better. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you up to now? I mean, it looks like you're live and in person again. So are our, our courses happening again? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have the same retreat next weekend and it was so well received. We're going to be doing it in October again right here, the, the carbon copy. So we'll Amazing. be putting that online real soon. And I'll probably be doing some more of those retreats around the country. I have in-person mediumship classes coming up, uh, my monthly mentoring webinars. My husband and I are on the road for five months. We, we do this every year, five or six months, take the Messages of Hope tour on the road. And I have friends all over the country now, and it's just a joy to meet up with people. Are you just doing the work for the five months and then you guys kind of travel oh, no. or are you doing oh, no, no. it? It never ends. <laughs> if I'm at home, then I'll, I'll fly somewhere or do uh, events in the area. The readings just happen every time I have a moment. I'll do one reading a day and uh, I have a weekly radio show. It asked my husband. It never ends. <laughs> <laughs> so when are you going sailing again? <laughs> oh, we're not. We're not. Now we have a land yacht. We go out in our RV. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the same, but the breeze is probably a little bit different. It's actually quite pleasant at night. You're not sloshing back and forth. I like oh, you don't true. have to check the anchor that you're dragging anchor. It's <laughs> By the way, did I see in the uh, documentary that you had worked with Wayne Dyer? Yes. Yes. I manifested that. I, uh, when I first, I said, I am a Hay House author every day for two years in meditation. And when I submitted my first manuscript, uh, in uh, the metaphysical realm, uh, we submitted it to Hay House and I had a contract two weeks later, unheard of. So that manifested so beautifully. I said, well, what will help me get these messages out to more people? Well, being on a first name basis with Wayne Dyer. So that became my mantra every day. Now, see, that was using the old affirmation method. Yes. That was over, that was a long time ago. 
that was 11 years ago. I am on a first name basis with Wayne Dyer. Just that was the, the affirmations and law of attraction thinking. And it worked. He came to my house for a reading. We became on a first name basis. We emailed each other. He gave me a beautiful endorsements for two of my books. But now I know it's so much more than that. Yes. If I had just said, spirit, if it is helpful to the greater good, it would be awesome if Wayne Dyer and I are on a first name basis. I'm turning it over to you and I'm going to move on to other things. And I don't have to say that every day for two years. <laughs> oh. That's how I would do it now. That Okay. I just... I know we're wrapping up, but that is so key and so important that I want you to just go a little bit farther into that because yeah. there's so much stuff about visualize and affirmations and people are repeating these things over no, no, and no. over and over. We don't have the bigger picture. I would have wasted two years saying that over and over. <laughs> and and if that was not meant to happen, but clearly it was. And the reason I was asking for it was because it was most likely put in, it was my guides just said that they needed me to believe it could happen. So at the time I was stating those affirmations, I believed that was the way to get there. So I was doing that. But the guidance I just heard right there was that really the key is the belief. You only need to see it, feel it as a done deal. But if it serves the greater good, and we don't always know. So that's what I do now is I give it over to the universe, spirit, consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And I say, this is the vision I hold in my mind, but I know there, there's always a greater vision. So whatever will serve the greatest good, it would be awesome if it happens this way. But if there's an even better way, I leave it to the universe. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just going to be guided moment by moment and relax. No, so I don't want to relax so much that I don't do whatever at take whatever actions i'm guided to do along the way for example i saw that wayne dyer's sister-in-law was coming to one of my courses i could hear angels singing when i saw her name on the oh, guest list i said it's happening now i didn't have to go up to her and say you know well actually i did i went up to her and i said this is so funny because i have been visualizing wayne dyer coming being on a first name basis with him. If he ever comes to visit you, I'd be happy to give him a reading. That's all I did. And then it happened. You know, so you'd have, you, you, you're guided, you take steps as guided, but it's this, I have to do this or that. That's the human point of view. Yes. Turn it over to spirit. But the main, most important thing is I don't have the big picture. May the greatest good be served. If my visual, if my goal isn't all limited, bring it on the bigger goal. I'm here for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. That kind of attitude. Yeah. Oh, so I'm so happy you covered that. There's this piece of attachment that we have where like you hold it. You get attached to it and you have to see it happen in this way. And, I and just, then you're blocking out bigger miracles. That's it. Yeah. That's what I keep telling people. It's like you're that horse with the things on. And it's like all this life is happening around, but you can't even see it because you're like, I just got to get over there. I just got to get over there. I'm like, uh -huh. no. Yeah, I was, I had, I just put out there, I'm reaching millions with the messages. I didn't know how that was going to happen. In the past, I would have had my five-year plan and all these goals. Next thing you know, the Shift Network is coming to me and offering me a class. I've now done three classes with the Shift Network, which reaches a million people, you know? Wow. It's just, it just happens when you hold the, 
I'm I'm here. I am an instrument of yes. the universe. I don't know the many ways I can be used. I'm I want all of you listening to use yourself as the I, you know, and just hold the vision that that, that miracle mindset and a, I wonder what's going to happen next kind of attitude. And you can have specifics in mind, but always with the caveat. And if there's even something better, bring it on. Oh, I love that. Okay. We're going to, we're going to end it there. Cause that's just like this delicious piece of candy on top. And I'm, Good. I'm so happy that you brought that through because I really do think as great as, you know, the secret was and this law of attraction stuff was it, it, and I'm really thankful for it because I think it opened a lot of people's minds to this whole world that we live in. Um, there's that stuckness of like, I'm going to be in this mantra. Da, 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 da. So, so if you write out a check that. for a million dollars and tape it to your wall, you're limiting yourself to just human happiness and success. When you know, I, I I have to just quote Viktor Frankl. If you, per, you know, do not pursue success, success will ensue when you're dedicated to a cause greater than the self. Mm. So that money, that check may come. It may come, but that's human stuff. What comes beyond that check is so much more fulfilling. So open yourself to that beyond which you could even dream of, but continue to dream big. Yeah. And take those actions that yes. come from that aligned, clear communication place. Oh, so good. So good. Um, Zan, where can people find you? I know you listed a few opportunities. We'll have them in the show notes, but uh, where do you want us to direct people to? Oh, SuzanneGeesman.com. I also get daily messages from Spirit, 4,000 of them in the archives, but people seem to really resonate with that little connection with Spirit every day at uh, dailyway.org is another way. Facebook, YouTube, dozens and dozens and dozens of videos with questions and answers and all kinds of good uh, information that I hope is helpful. And lots of gifts on my website with no strings attached, meditations, videos, there's no end. <laughs> <laughs> well, to your evolution and uh, the guides keep allowing you to share this message with millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions. Uh, I love people that share these kind of messages. Uh, I hope for those that were listening, this was insightful, helpful, gave you hope if maybe you're out there and grieving. Uh, Suzanne would be someone amazing to reach out to. And just for me to you, I just want to say thank you uh, for taking your time. I know you're busy running around and uh, yeah, it's just an honor. Well, thank you. You know, it's part of that web that I couldn't do this work without people like you, Elon, who are doing this from the heart for the same reasons. So gratitude. Absolutely. All right, everyone. And that's a wrap for today. We will see you on the next Old Souls and Seekers podcast. Until then, have an amazing day, my friends. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. 
This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.